Welcome to the Men's Journal Everyday Warrior Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Sorelli. I'm joined today by Odell Beckham Jr. Uh, for those that have been living under a rock, uh, Odell Beckham Jr. is uh, going down as one of the best wide receivers in history. Uh, former LSU football star, uh, first round uh, draft pick, Super Bowl champion, pro bowler, credited with probably the catch of the century and just an overall uh, badass. Uh, Odell, thank you for uh, for coming on, man. Yes, sir. Appreciate that. Appreciate that intro, too. I, I don't mind that. It, it's well-deserved. Hey, this is a, a great segue, man. Uh, given the amount of success you've received, I, you know, people know that, one, you, you almost come from LSU uh, royalty, in a sense. Your, your dad was a, a well-known football player. Your mom was a, a, a track icon. Uh, you know, I'm assuming most people look at you and they're like, yeah, he just had natural talent. It was easy for him. Um but yet I remember when you were drafted that, that, that day, that night, you literally had tears coming down your face, man, uh, which I love seeing grown men cry because there's nothing more manly. When people dismiss everything that you've achieved, the, the level of excellence you've achieved because where you come from, what do you say to that, man? What, what don't they see behind the, uh, the scenes? Yeah, so, um, I mean, for me, I, I absolutely love it. I absolutely love the... Um, dismissive kind of talked as if, you know, which my mom was a world-class athlete and my dad was a, you know, a world-class athlete himself um, growing up. But I know some of the, the best kids from where I grew up at who didn't make it, you know, and, you know, everybody talks about us about, you know, natural ability and all these things. At the end of the day, you still have to work. Um, I could have all the talent in the world. I could be a knucklehead. I could have all the talent in the world. I could, um, you know, just not take advantage of those opportunities. So for me, you know, when I grew up in my very early childhood, like I didn't have it the way that I have it where everyone sees that I went to Newman and they see that I went to the school where Eli and Peyton went. And it's like this, you know, silver spoon kind of mentality and all that. And it's like, yeah, that could be great. You could sit there and you went to this great school and all that. But like at the end of the day, nobody cares about that unless you can achieve what you can achieve uh, with your actual ability. So for me, I, I grew up, you know, split homes, mom's dad, and my mom was, you know, single parent and she worked for every single thing to be able to provide for me a pair of cleats or that video game that I wanted. But in getting that pair of cleats or video game that I wanted, it was all about the 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 lessons and being able to accomplish um, things to where that was my reward. Uh, so for me, like I didn't, I didn't have it growing up easy from, you know, one to six to seven, eight, nine years old. You know, it wasn't the easiest. And then moving to New Orleans, like it just, it, it wasn't an easy place to grow up in. Granted that I did go to um, a good school. So like for me, it's just kind of funny to me because I also feel like I'm old enough and mature enough now to know that that's how the world works. Like we got to always talk about this. You know, there's a reason why we call a UFO a UFO. Like we have to be able to put our finger on something and identify it for us to feel comfortable with it because I feel like we don't we're not cool or, or OK with the unknown. And for me, I feel like that's just what I've always been. You know, people have kind of been an unknown thing. So people have to put a name or a label or he's this or that or you know, all the names that came with what I've done in the league, a diva, all of the negative things that have gone on. It's because I feel like people were just uncomfortable with who um, I truly was. And for me, that was something that, you know, later on became a strength for me. 
But um, I worked for every single thing that I have now. And I think that's why, you know, like you mentioned, when I got drafted, you could see, you know, real emotion because like, I again, like I say, I, I remember sacrificing weekends. I remember sacrificing um, time with your family, sacrificing, you know, those those days to go hang out with your friends just to go do some extra um, to be great. So for me, again, like I say, uh, I was blessed with two parents who were um, phenomenal athletes and also knew what it was going to take for me to get there. So they pushed me and you know, tried to put me in the best situation. They succeed. But uh, at the end of the day, it's, you know, they can teach you all these things in the world, but you have to get between those lines and still do it and prove it. And um, I feel like I've done a, a very good job at that. And, and it's just, you know, it's funny that people try and discredit you and, and all the things that you've accomplished, but um, I earned every every single thing that I have now, uh, and, and I worked very hard for it. People dismiss other people because it's it makes it easier for them to uh, accept that they weren't willing to put the work in uh, to to achieve what they wanted. And so you earned every bit of what what you've uh, you you've strived for. With that, um, in you know the work ethic, we we know that 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 you have. You are no stranger. To injuries and in the sport of football, that's just an an inevitability. But it seems like every time you're injured, you come back stronger. Um, When you face an injury, what are are the initial thoughts going through your head? And and is there a point where you you just sort of switch and you're like, okay, now I got to put the work into uh, to 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 one rehab to get better and come back stronger? What's your mentality when 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 you face adversity like that? I feel like this is something that I've wanted to talk about for a long time because. My very first injury, um, I could, I mean, I could go through injury history with you, but starting with that first major ankle injury in New York Giants, it's like what people don't understand is I had a grade two and a half high ankle sprain, which my doctor told me do not come back for eight weeks, you know? And uh, I remember I knew I was going to miss the first game. I'm looking at the second game. We, we lose the first game to Dallas. Um, and me being the guy that everyone – thinks I am this selfish guy. He only cares about himself. Uh, all the bullshit that's ever gotten said. It makes, you know, no sense to me why someone who only cares about himself would come back four to five weeks too early to go out there to play with his brothers. So that way we do have a chance to get to the playoffs instead of the selfish thing, which I should have done was take that time really heal regardless if we win lose or draw like look after yourself and I probably wouldn't have had the the downfall the slopes of injuries because the ankle injury I had uh you know uh fibula spiral fracture having to get a plate nine screws full syndesmosis tear tight ropes it's it's a it's really a career ending injury um and it just was something you know I come back the 2018 season mm-hmm. And I tear my quad with four games left, and I had already had a thousand plus yards, six touchdowns, seventy-seven receptions at that point. I still had four games left. This is after the first major surgery, and I remember the first time when I had that surgery, how hard I worked come, to come back. And I was like, however, however hard I work now, after I make it through this season, this is how I'm going to continue to work every off season. Tore my quad 2018 year off like a. I had got like you know you get a die contusion or whatever, and then uh, a, hemato- a hematoma formed in my quad, and then it burst in one of the games. And I was thinking like, all right, you strain quad muscle, like you'll be back soon. And it just was something that took from you know end of October or end of November all the way until March for me to be able to even train again. Okay, then train. I get traded to Cleveland. Um, 
and right before the season starts, I get like a little, you know, strain in uh kind of like you're growing your 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 lower ab muscle. And I was asking them, yeah. I remember specifically being like, is this, you know, how hernia surgery and and, da, 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 and they sat there and told me, no, this isn't it. And I said, I wasn't going to take any more cortisone shots. And of course, you know, you want to play that bad. You're like, all right, I'm just, I'm just going to do it. Ended up having a full evulsion fracture of my groin on the left side, which means the, the muscle comes off the bone. Um, and I was playing the entire season of 2019 with that. Literally can't lift my leg on the table from Monday to Tuesday to Wednesday. Just just finding a way to, to scratch and claw through it. I remember I had the hernia surgery. I wouldn't suggest getting it ever in my life. It was probably the worst pain that you could possibly be in. Um, had that surgery. I come back, 2020 season. Um, and it just was a very unfortunate event of my cleat catching the turf the wrong way, me being in a, a rage mode on an interception, which um, truly, if someone was selfish and didn't care for anybody else, I probably wouldn't have chased Buddy down because it um, won't lie to you, it wasn't my fault. <laughs> you know, And I'm still trying to go make a play, and I'm running in full rage, and then I kind of catch myself <laughs> as a pile is coming to me. And I tried to like hit the brakes and my cleat slid farther than what I needed to. And then when it caught, your knee shifted. I tore my ACL. And this was the craziest part about when I tore my ACL. Like I remember being at six, five months and people were like, there's no way that you're doing what you've done already. Um, and again, like you were saying, I come back stronger. I come back stronger. It's just a mentality that you have to have. And I don't think someone who, who doesn't have the heart uh, I always talk about this. I talk about everything that I've been through in my career, whether it's injury, whether it's situations that I've been in. You name me any of the top guys, any top receiver, any of these guys who they think don't have ego or don't want the ball in their hands and all this, put them through everything that I've been through. And I would love to see which one of them is still standing. You know what I mean? Like that's the that's the reality of it is I've been through some shit for real. And like other people have had it way easier than than I've had it. Uh, so when I tore my ACL this time, trained harder than I've ever trained. I was beyond ready. I was bigger than I had ever been. I was ready to come back, have a great year. And, um, you know, whatever happens in Cleveland and, and it happens and it just, you know, you know, sometimes the, the, the story doesn't go the way that we want and you have to, we split our ways and um, I had the opportunity to pick wherever I wanted to go. And it just kind of, it just, the, the, the Rams thing kind of happened. And I believe that this was already a great team. I always, you know, L.A. Rams was the only franchise that I had ever truly um, loved. It, crazy enough, I remember Tom Brady beating them in the Super Bowl. I remember it, it's just been that one organization for me. Um, and when I got uh, – when I signed with the Rams, we did an MRI. And the doc, who I'm very close friends with now, Dr. Elitrage, he had to drive up. So I landed at 9, did an MRI. I'm in the building by 10. I don't sign until 5, 6 p.m. because – they had to inform me pretty much that my ACL didn't, there, there was no ACL. This was after the ACL surgery. He said, you don't have a clear ACL in here. And I remember him sitting there with me right then and there, week nine or whatever it was. This was right after my birthday. Not expecting to hear this news. He's like, you don't have ACL. He's like, we can redo your surgery now. Or And I basically I told him, like, bro, I've been through, I've been through so much shit already. Like, there's no way that I'm going to. Um, sit here and get this surgery again. I told him, literally looked him in his eyes. I said, I'll die on the sword. And um, each each week he would come up to me. He's like, I don't know how you're doing it. He's like, I, I just don't understand how you're doing it. How do you feel? You know, and this is a story that people don't know. And I remember like putting a little tweet about it out and they were like, it's bullshit. If you don't have ACL, you can't do it. Or if you had a torn ACL, I was like, I didn't say I had a torn ACL. I said, I didn't have an ACL. Um, 
and it just was kind of something that, you know, became like a little insider between, you know, Coach McVay, you know, like the guys on the team knew and, and Doc knew, and it just was something that they, they were like, I don't know how you're doing it. Um, and then come Super Bowl time, I remember Cooper Cup and I looked at each other after the NFC Championship wishing that it was – wishing that that would have been the Super Bowl, you know, because we looked at each other and we was like, bro, I don't know if I could do this for another week. You know, it just was – the season had already – this is the longest season I had ever had. Mm-hmm. I just came back off of – um, a surgery, and then it gets to the to the to the Super Bowl, and I already told McVeigh. I said, "When we win the Super Bowl, you got to let me design the ring." He said, "If we win the Super Bowl, you got it." I said, "All right, done deal." Going through the game plan, this is the the, the hardest part for me to to swallow, which is like I'll never have this moment back. Is if people were to sit there and be like, "Oh, he's only known for one lucky catch," and da da da, even though you could go look at numbers and stats and all that, and it wouldn't say the same for someone who's missed five seasons but still is in top of the class for whatever and whatever. But the Super Bowl was going to be the game where I got to go to work. You know, we had a game plan where they were going to, we were going to put Coop on the other side. If they were going to double him, then I was going to eat all day. I, I was literally going to go for 220 yards, three touchdowns. Yeah. Like I, I really, I, it's not even like a coulda, woulda, shoulda, or if like this was the reality of the situation that was going to happen. Um, and I think that's the hardest part for me is like, I finally get to, you know, the epitome of success for your sport. And, and it's just like, out of everything anyone's ever said about me, like I had never been so prepared in my life for a moment. I remember crying before the game, but it was crying as like a, like God, like thank you for, for finally giving me like this opportunity for, for like, you know, I used to only be able to combat what people could say about me on the field. And then when you're hurt, you can't really, now nah, I just got to, I could probably only exchange my words, you know? So it just was like, it was very tough for me because I knew, what I was going to do that day and have that moment taken away. Um, it, it just was something that was not easy at all. Um, and, you know, I, I still wish I could go back and just get two more quarters of that game. I, I promise you the game would not have been close. No disrespect to Cincinnati or anybody. It just was the game plan that we had. McVeigh really, <laughs> like, when, when I got to the game, I was like, it's over with. And especially, you know, as a receiver, you get your confidence early by getting a catch. And, like, my first catch – you know, comes, I don't know if it was late in the fourth or early in the second quarter, like I finally get the ball and it's a touchdown. I was like, it's over with. Like there's no, there's nobody who could say or do anything to me. There's no words that could be exchanged. Like I wasn't even talking to nobody on the other side. That's how ready I was, um, you know, for this game. So it just sucks because, you know, you can't have that moment back. But, you know, God and I already have a little promise to each other. It was, you know, he said, I'll let you, I'll make sure that the champagne isn't, um, so bittersweet this time, next time you get your opportunity. Um, so he already, he already told me that I'll have another opportunity and this time I'll be able to, to, to really do what I, what I'm capable of doing and, and wanted to do. The everyday warrior comes out in, in January when I, actually I'll be in Antarctica at the time, but, uh, the book is about warriors and I'm not talking about like warriors in the military. I'm talking about warriors in life and warriors hold themselves to high standards. I mean, dude, you, you scored the first touchdown of the game for your team and you still that wasn't good enough for you that that's those are high standards man and that's 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 impressive dude i I can tell you this we're we're excited to to see you come back when you come back uh because we know you 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 bring that excitement to the game you bring the personality that people people uh gravitate towards um odell i mean you, you know I'm sure you've got little balance in life because when you're trying to achieve what you're trying to achieve, you, you said it earlier, you're sacrificing weekends. I mean, you're you're one of the best. You're going to go down as one of the best in the NFL history. You, you've got, you know, your social life, you're an entrepreneur. 
And speaking of entrepreneur, you you worked on co-releasing, uh, you know, a product with Moon called the Water Flosser. Uh, where in the hell did you have the time to do that? And tell us a little bit about that, man. <laughs> I mean, I find it to be somewhat easy when, you know, the younger, the younger me, my mindset had shifted. The younger me would uh, look for endorsements and, you know, find where I can get a check. And my mind was just like, Oh, if they're throwing money, like all I got to do is this, like, yeah, I didn't, I didn't have the, the, the concept and understanding of, to align yourself with things that you're passionate about. For me, it was younger. Uh, it was about the money. Like I got a whole bunch of family members. Like I got to provide for everybody. I'm the one who keeps the ship afloat. And as I got older, I realized, you know, no, no, no knock to anybody. Cause I mean, they dropped me. It was whatever, but like a head and shoulders, like this is a product that like, I'm not I'm sorry. Like I'm not, this is not something that I align with. Um, it was more for the endorsement. Okay. We, you use this for me. I get this in that. And again, like I was saying, as I got older, it was about aligning yourself with things that you're passionate about. And for me, my teeth was something I was always passionate about. I always was uh, carrying floss sticks around. I always was, you know, trying to brush my teeth at least twice a day. And, um, you know, I, it's funny enough, I remember bringing to the moon shoot way before any of this ever started to transpire. It was just in my bag because I was traveling. I had this big, big uh, water flosser. And it, it just kind of, it was funny because they brought it to me and it was like, it almost was like, you know, like I, how is everything so aligned perfectly? But they brought this, uh, the portable water flosser to me and just showing me, you know, something that, again, this is coming out on December 1st. Um, and, and it just was, it was like, it just makes the most sense when you're, when you're passionate about something and everything's aligned. Uh, I think the rest of everything else takes care of itself. So it was teeth, hygiene, all these things were something that were very important to me. And um, Kendall's a good friend of mine. You know, actually, it's her birthday today. So shout out to Kenny. Much love. Scorpio season in full effect. But um, just to be able to, to connect with her oh, on what? something that she was passionate about. Yeah, okay. really, birthday today. Um, just to be able to connect with something that she was passionate about and there were similar interests there. Like, bro, there's no, there, there's, there's no, you know, better alignment than, than when it all flows together. You said it comes out December 1st. Sounds like a per perfect Christmas gift. Where, where can people find it? Amazon, the, the direct site. Is it in stores? Uh, you can get it on moonoralcare.com. And I'm sure you heard that. It picked it up. We'll, we'll make sure to add those links. Uh, I know my wife is uh, loves Flosser, so we'll, we'll have to I'll have to hook her up. Absolutely. Odell, I can't thank you enough for, for joining us, man. Um, again, we are looking forward. I say that for a lot of uh, football fans looking forward to getting you back. And for our listeners, again, hey, we're looking for support for Triple Seven Expedition, Seven Continents, Seven Days, Seven Skydives. In honor of our fallen, we're also trying to raise 1,400 scholarships for military families and first responder families as well. So uh, we will see you guys again on another episode of the Men's Journal Everyday Warrior Podcast. Again, this has been Odell Beckham Jr. and Mike Sorelli. Till next time. Thank you for joining us on this episode of the Men's Journal Everyday Warrior podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to the show and pick up a new issue of Men's Journal magazine. Men's Journal magazine has features on health and fitness, adventure and travel, style, and my favorite, the coolest gear hitting the market today. Until next time, I'm Mike Sorelli, and thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.